Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to uh, Press Church. To those of you joining us online, thank you so much uh, for tuning in today. We pray that this experience is for you an opportunity to encounter God, to be encouraged, and hopefully to be challenged to uh, move forward in your journey with Christ. Uh, my name is Jason Allison. I am not Sean Lee. Uh, I'm, I'm the, uh, the, the other guy that often is up here, but I am so glad to be here. My, my role here at Press is pastor of spiritual formation, and uh, it is definitely my joy and honor to uh, be able to speak uh, this morning. We are basically starting or finishing something, but before we jump into that, I want to let you know if you want to follow along or if you want to uh, know anything about what's going on at Press Church, uh, there's a QR code on the screen, and uh, you can use your camera on your phone to uh, point it at that, and then a little thing comes up, and you push it, and then it goes to a website. Uh, I'm an old guy. I have to explain these things to myself, uh, much less to uh, anyone else. And uh, yes, and so that will take you to the bulletin. Uh, if you want to see all the cool things happening, like next week, if you didn't notice, is Easter. Uh, which is going to be an exciting time around here. We get to celebrate uh, really the reason we are a church, the reason church exists, the reason we follow Jesus is because the tomb is empty and the resurrection occurred. And so we will celebrate that next week. Uh, we encourage you, you know, bring some friends and family that uh, maybe want to learn a little bit more about this Jesus person. Uh, you can also, uh, also coming up is baptism in two weeks. Uh, which is a cool thing. Uh, we've already got a few that are, are scheduled. If you're interested, uh, out in the lobby at the Press Connect area, you can sign up. You can let us know uh, because that's, that's something really, really exciting in the walk of a Christian. Uh, and, you know, with that QR code, too, you can uh, give. Uh, if you uh, are part of the church and, you know, giving is something that you want to do as uh, returning worship to God, then uh, you can use that QR code, uh, and it will take you to wherever you need to go. I'd love to explain exactly how all of that works, but I have no idea. I think it's magic fairies in the internet, but it works and uh, it helps you connect and then you can, uh, you can uh, give to the church and to the ministry and, and help support all the things that we're doing both here locally as well as globally. And so we're, we're honored to partner with you in that. And so all those things are there. And uh, I just want to again say thank you for being here this morning. It is definitely a good day to be in the house of God, right? And to serve and to worship and, and to learn. And so with that, uh, we are going to uh, wrap up this series that we've been calling Leveling Up. And for me, the uh, intro with all the games, uh, yeah, that's right up my alley because, uh, I mean, I literally had an Atari 2600 when they came out. Like, it was cutting-edge technology. Uh, and, and so I, I enjoy seeing all that because it just brings back memories. But, you know, the idea behind all this is, is as we walk with Christ, right, as, as we try to follow him, it's not that we think that we should be better than anyone else. It's called we just want to get better and better at becoming more like Christ. And that means there's always this process of leveling up, of, of moving forward in our journey with Christ. And, and to do this, we started uh, looking at what is called the Shema, which is Deuteronomy 6, and it basically talks about, it's what Moses tells the Israelites, says, listen, you, know, you need to know this. We're going to summarize what it is to follow God, to be in a, a loving, committed relationship with God. And, and so over the last few weeks, we have looked at you know, the Shema, which is the Hebrew word for listen and obey. We talked about the heart and, and all the things that distract us from being focused on who God is. And, and what it is to follow him. We, we looked at the soul last week, right? Uh, the nefesh is the Hebrew word there that it talks about not just that 
non-physical thing that's inside of you. It's, it's really the concept of all of you, right? The physical and the spiritual all combined together. What does it look like to devote that to God? And so this week we're going to finish and we're going to look at what it means to love the Lord your God with all your strength. And per usual, the uh, pastors hopped in the car and uh, we took a few minutes to kind of talk about the text and talk about what all the thing was. And so I uh, caught it on film and I uh, thought we'd share it with you this morning. I've been disappointed by your messages. You can't, you can't be disappointed if you don't do. <laughs> if you don't do anything. That's right. You know, that uh, kind of speaks to, you know, that uh, a lot of what we're talking about. <laughs> it kind of does. <laughs> we, we try to avoid disappointment, and uh, we, that's, uh, we don't enter into something right. because mm. we're essentially afraid. Yeah. We're afraid that it isn't going to be. Yeah, we are a very fear-driven society. Yeah. In general, well, yeah, and it just seems to be cranking up yeah. by the minute. Yeah, uh, everything is based off of fear, yeah, right? Fear sells. Yeah, and yeah. but I think we personally enter into the situation yeah. where we're uh, we become ambivalent, stuck, or frozen because we, there's like our heart maybe pulling us towards something, but but at the same time, there's just so much trepidation about entering into something that isn't going to turn out the way we want it to. Uh-huh. Isn't well, going to turn out yeah, the way we hope. Yeah. And that's the, yeah, that's the kicker is we, we jump ahead like 10 steps yeah. and make assumptions. Uh, it's this constant battle between a whole bunch of things where, uh, you know, ultimately we do have to look at our own uh, desires and go, okay, well, what am I worried about? I'm worried that it won't turn out the way that I think is best. Right. That's really what it comes down so to. So why would I want to give any energy to it? Well, yeah, and I don't even know that we withhold like that. Why would I want to? I'm not gonna. You know, yeah. it's just kind of like it keeps us from actually doing what we want to do. What what are yeah. like the deeper parts of us are being called to, mm. but we're afraid. Yeah. There isn't. I think you're right. There's an inter, like an internal blockage, right, that happens that doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't allow us to step forward to put effort in. We don't think about it, mm-hmm. right? It's not this conscious process we go through. Um, but at some point, we have to. We almost have, we have to pause long enough to look at what are those internal things that are keeping me from putting effort into something from, you know, taking a risk, right? A yeah. step of faith. Uh, yeah. There are things that are just stopping us that I don't, I, just, I don't even know if we know it most of the time. Right. Right. Yeah. We're not consciously no. that aware of it, no. if anything, you know? So there's a sense of like, well, if we're going to go pursue God with all of our strength, yeah. that requires an aligning of everything. everything. It's a, it's a yeah. focus, right? Yeah. So that's where I'm drawn to the Luke passage about, you know, where your treasure is, yeah. your heart will be also. It's the, the idea of your treasure, the thing that you've stored up. Mm-hmm. It's it's the sense of, like, uh, what you have invested in, what you have focused on. Mm-hmm. I, or, What's or, important to you. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's where you're aimed. That's, yeah. that, that is the focus, yes. right? That's where your entire right. beam is focused, <laughs> so to speak. And, that, and that's where uh, the strength comes in, right? Yeah. It's like, well... Of course, your strength is going to follow that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to put energy into what's important to me. Yes. Yeah. But that's why it's so hard, because why would I put energy into something that I may or may not get any return on? Right. It's That's humanity, yeah. right? That is the human thing that we're dealing with. It is the desires of our heart. Mm. It's all about bending the desires of our heart towards right. God. Yeah. And when I, when I think about it, I'm like, am I doing that? <laughs> Can I do that? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, probably, and no, probably. Right, right. That's that's the way we all <laughs> yeah. are, right? Well, and again, you're... Uh, to some degree, and, and maybe we're trying, but the point is uh, Jesus is encouraging us to try harder, essentially. <laughs> uh, like Level, level up. <laughs> right, level up. It's Push like, yourself. It's like, yeah, that's great. And, I, I, you know, and I've talked about this before. It's like parents with the children. It's like you want your kids to take those steps towards you or something else, right? Depending on if they're a baby and they're taking steps or right, if they're, right, right, right. or if they're taking a risk and stepping into something like you, you want them to take that risk because you know, it's going to be healthy for them. They might fall down, skin their D, whatever, right. uh, like, you know, riding a bike and mm-hmm. things that I guess kids used to do. Maybe they <laughs> still do. I don't know. But, uh, you know, you want them to enter into those things and if, if they don't try and if they don't take the risk of falling down they won't succeed in moving yeah. forward and growing right yeah. yeah well it's funny you brought up even the bike thing Jude just learned how to ride a bike mm. I saw a video um, and you know it is it is kind of cool to see him connect some dots and put mm. some things together but it still required him like I couldn't do it for him mm-hmm. right like I gave him uh, we, we trained on other ways. We did a balance bike. We had these different, you know, we had training with different things that I tried to help him do that. But eventually he had to, like, take the risk and say, all right, Daddy, I'm ready to... Well, at some point you had to let go of the back of the bike. Exactly, yeah. At some point I let go of him mm-hmm. and stopped pushing or stopped giving him speed or... Um, yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's like, are we going to take that step? Like, are we going to start pedaling? Start, yeah. Are we going to start pedaling? Are we going to start pedaling? Are we just going to sit back and hope God does everything and we aren't going to engage him at all or, or start in the process or have anything to do with it? I mean, that, that's really what we're talking about here, right? Are, are we going to lean into what it is to, to follow Jesus? Um, I just want to clear something up, like, Publicly, I am wearing a seatbelt. Just, I, I'm just fat and you can't see it. But I'm just saying, I really am. Uh, safety first, okay? We, we really do. I just want to make that very clear uh, in all of the videos. Um, you know, so several years ago, uh, I was helping coach a high school basketball team. Now, it was a small school, private school. We weren't any good, okay? So don't no Hoosiers, nothing like that, okay? I know this is the Final Four weekend, and, you know, a lot of long shots are there, but I'm just telling you, uh, we weren't that great. But I remember coaching, and I remember that one of the frustrations that we coaches had was we would watch practice, right? And we'd be, we'd be pushing the kids and trying to get them, and, and these guys, like, they didn't know what it was to give 100%. Like, I'd be standing in practice, and, and I could overhear conversations about girls, about Fortnite. I, I wish I was kidding. Um, I, I could hear, you know, conversations about the latest gossip in school and whatever, and they were not at all focused on what they were doing. They, we were lucky to get 60 to 70% out of them. But you know what that meant is come game time, 
we, we were lucky to get 50% of their potential, right? Because they, they weren't giving 100%, so they weren't getting 100%. Uh, and it was so frustrating because they were better than they played, but they weren't willing to put the effort into that to figure out how to become better, to how to push themselves, to how, how to do more than just show up. And as I was thinking about this part of the passage that we're looking at today, I was thinking, you know, this is really, this is part of our side of the equation. You know, yes, we are saved by grace through faith. It is not anything that you have done. It is not that God is waiting for you to shape up so that he will love you. But he already loves you and is saying, now, will you join me in this process? And, and that's really what the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, is, is all about. It's, it's Moses telling the people of Israel, listen, I'm going to explain to you the, the contract, so to speak, right? The covenant that you're entering into, and here's your part. Here's what it's going to take for you to do that. And so I thought today, let's just wrap up the series by reading that passage out loud together, which is a normal thing, and especially in Jewish uh, Hebrew culture and everything. This was something they would do, read to individually and, and recite, actually, every morning and every evening. But then when they would gather, this is something they would do together. So let's just read this out loud together. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. All your strength. The last few weeks we've looked at those different aspects, but this last one is, it's an interesting word. The word is, if, if you really want to geek out, it's miod in Hebrew. Uh, and, and it's an interesting word because it, it can be translated far more than just strength. It, it talks about your potential. It talks about force. It even is translated your wealth in some places in Scripture. It, it's, it's your muchness. It, it's what you are, all of it, and giving that over. It's, the word is actually an adverb for our English teachers in the room. We know that is an intensifier. Right? It's not just a word unto itself. It actually intensifies other words around it. Uh, you can look throughout Scripture, Genesis, well, Genesis 1. God looks at creation, and he goes, it is miod tov. It is very good. Um, the floodwaters in Genesis 7, it says the floodwaters surged. Same word. In Genesis 4, Cain is really upset. It says he is very angry. Same word. 1 Samuel 11, David is rejoicing greatly. Um, Genesis 30, Jacob became very rich. Numbers 14, the spies are reporting back to Israel, and they tell the people, they say, listen, the land, it is extremely good. That's the word. That, that's what he's saying. Love the Lord your God with all of your muchness, your intensity, your everything. When, when Jesus was asked, hey, what's the greatest commandment? And, and he summed up all of the commandments, all of the Old Testament, all of the law. He summed it up and he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. He took that word miot and he translated it mind and strength. He filled it out a little bit. Because see, here's the thing. For you to love the Lord your God with everything that you are, it requires you to make a decision. 
to pursue him. It requires you to say, I'm going to do this. You don't just accidentally stumble in to becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Right? You, you don't back into it. You don't wake up one day and go, oh, wow, hey, look, I'm doing a great job loving God with all my heart, soul, and mind. No. It's a decision that we make to pursue him. So what does it mean to love the Lord your God with all of your strength, with all of your muchness? Well, let me just give you one sentence, and if you don't get anything else out of today, get this. It means devoting every possibility, every opportunity, every capacity that you have to honoring God. Every possibility. Not just everything that you already have. Every possibility. Every opportunity. And every capacity. It's like those boys playing high school basketball, given 60% of effort. If they would give every effort, they might actually be decent. We're not winning any championships. <laughs> you can't teach big, right? <laughs> when they're small, they're small. Nothing you can do. But you know what? If you're willing to take every opportunity and every capacity and devote it to God, it's amazing what can happen in your life. This is why in the very next verse in Deuteronomy, right, Moses just said, Shema, O Israel, right? Elohim, Yahweh, God, the Lord is your God. And then he says, you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm going to give you today. So what I want to do is just take a few minutes this morning. And just kind of reflect on this. What does it look like to devote your muchness to God? To, to really dive into what it means to follow Jesus in today's world with every opportunity, every capacity, every potential in your life. First thing I know we have to do, and, and this might be basic one-on-one stuff to you, but you've got to hear this. You've got to root yourself in God's love for you. It's got to start there. Because let's be honest, if I don't understand how committed God is to me, why am I going to be committed to him? Why commit myself to God if I don't already know that he has completely committed himself to me? I would have no reason to. I wouldn't trust him. Why would I? You see, our identity has to be built on the foundation that God loves you. Because if it's not built on that foundation, then anything I say from this point forward is pointless. And, and if you don't start from there, I don't blame you for not listening to me. But when you start from this understanding, this foundation that you are not only deeply loved by God, because right, we, we've read scripture and scripture says that God has to love us because he's God, but God actually likes us. And if you're married, you know the difference. Because there are days, right, that I know my wife loves me but she doesn't like me. <laughs> but, but Scripture says that God delights in us. It, it's important that you understand how crazy in love with you God is. You know, God is not just... He's not just the the God up there. He is actually our life force, right? Without God, there is no life. 
God is, God is God, and that means he has to create something to love because he is love. And love can't find embodiment if it doesn't have something to love. And so he created us so that he had something to pour his love into. I mean, think about that for just a minute. God created you because he wanted something to love, and so he made you. He didn't make you because he needed a worker. He didn't make you because he needed something done. He needed some people to get some stuff done. He made you because he wanted to love someone, so he created us. I mean, that, that's, that's crazy to me. You realize in Ephesians 2.10, it says that we are God's workmanship. The, the word there in Greek is poeme, and yes, we get the word poem from that. Other translations translate that you are God's masterpiece. I mean, let that soak in for just a minute. God looks at you and he says, you are my masterpiece. Not because you accomplished a bunch of stuff. Not because you are amazing and, oh gosh, the whole world knows you're amazing. No, no, you are my masterpiece because I made you to be. John 3.16 says, God loved the world. And in Ephesians 3, Paul is talking to the, to the church there in Ephesus, and he, said, and he just kind of breaks into this prayer in the middle of all this stuff about how amazing God is, and, and he goes on and on, and then all of a sudden he, he just breaks into this prayer, and he says, I just pray that you will be so deeply rooted in God's love that you will know how high and how wide and how deep and how amazing God's love is for you. What does it look like to be so rooted in God's love that it truly is your identity? It is who you are. But to do that, I mean, you're going to have to actually dip your toe into understanding who God is and how much he loves you. Right? That, that means you're going you're to have to take some time to engage God's word. Take some time to just meditate on what God says about us, about you, about others, about Jesus and the sacrifice that he made and the resurrection and what that means for each of us. I mean, if, if you want to truly understand the depth of God's love for you, then you're going to have to take some time to just sit in the presence of God. And, and I would encourage you, come up with a routine so that every day, or regularly, or whatever it is that works in your rhythm, but find a rhythm that says, I'm going to spend time hearing from God, and that means opening up his word. I mean, there's some great apps out there that can help you with this. You, you don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to go to school for this, right? Uh, Uversion is one, uh, the Bible app. It, it, it has a bunch of different uh, reading plans that you can use. You can engage. It's got lots of helps. I mean, it I'm old and I understand it, right? So it's something you, you can use no matter what kind of device you're using and it goes with you. Hey, there's a, there's a chance. Download that. Pick out a reading plan. Just do something. For me, that usually involves also some type of journal that goes with it where I just spend some time thinking. And yeah, it means I have to get up a little bit earlier or stay up a little bit later, depending on where your rhythm is. I'm a morning person. Nine o'clock, I'm about done in the, in the evening. People like Sean, that's when he's just starting to wake up. I get texts from him at like 10.30. Hey, I was just thinking. Hey, I was just asleep. <laughs> so I don't care when you do it. Carve out a time. Make it part of your rhythm. 
Say, God, I just want to enter into your presence, and I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to listen. I want to see what, what your word says. Yeah, um, that also means connecting through prayer. Right? We've we, we got to talk to him. And, and I know that seems overwhelming. For some people, it's really scary. Or for other people, it's like, what's the point? I'm just talking to myself. No one's listening. Start somewhere. For me, it's often uh, I have to shut up and listen. <laughs> it's not that I need more things to say. I, I'm a preacher. I always have stuff to say. Sometimes I've got to learn how to be quiet and just listen. Figure out times to spend in his word and to talk to him. That's how you're going to start being rooted in his love for you. I promise you he will show up. And if you need any help with that, if you ever want tips or want to talk, please come talk to us. There are plenty of tools out there. You're not on your own. And you're not the only person who's ever had struggles with this. So when you root yourself in God's love, then you're going to be able to start leaning into what that looks like in real life. Because it's not just something you do early in the morning. I read my Bible and I have my little quiet time and, and it feels all good. And then I go out in the world and do the world thing. No, no. The idea is you bring it with you. Right? Let it impact the way you move about the rest of the day. And to do that, that's kind of at least the second thing I'm thinking about if we're going to engage this, is to discover and develop your unique muchness. Right? Figure out what makes you unique. Figure out who you are. Figure out what your muchness is. What are those intensifiers that you bring to the table? Right? What are those things that, that maybe you can do that you're the only one right now that could do that in this context, in this setting? So bring it. What makes you, you? Sean talked last week about the soul and how it's not just this you know, non-material thing that kind of dwells in this sack of flesh, right? It, it's, it's all of you. What does it look like to bring all of you to serving God, to loving God, to honoring God? And that means things like figure out what are your gifts and your talents. I mean, there are places in Scripture that really kind of outline some of this, things like, you know, Romans 12, it lists some of these gifts. First uh, Corinthians 12 also List some of that. First Peter 4 talks about some of these. There are places that can list these out, and you can see some of these, but honestly, you probably already know what your gifts are. You just maybe haven't been given language to describe what they are. And, and there are tools out there if you really want. I, I've got tools um, online. You, if you just Google spiritual gifts test, you'll find dozens of uh, gifts tests they can do right there. Um, I've got several printed out back in my office. If you ever want one, um, we can do that. And it just helps you identify, what am I good at? A am I good at things like encouragement, hospitality, serving, leadership, administration? A am I good at encouraging others? Am I good at teaching? A am I good at discernment and wisdom? What are those things? And then how can you bring those into a life that is devoted to loving God. Uh, your personality, I think, is part of this, right? Who you are, what separates you, what makes you unique, I think is important. 
And your personality brings another color, another hue, another shade to this community of people. And it's important to lean into that. It's okay. Now, don't blame all your negative things. Oh, that's just my personality. I tend to, you know, smack people when they say things I don't like. That doesn't count, okay? But what is it that makes you you? Bring that into the mix. Like, I, you know, you've probably done the, the Myers-Briggs or the DISC or the Enneagram or any of those things. That's fine. Figure out those things and just identify them and say, I'm going to love God with that. I'm bringing that to my job. I'm bringing that to church on Sunday, to, to life group. I'm bringing it to everything. I'm, this is me, and I'm going to use this to honor God. Your experiences. I mean, all of us have had experiences. I used to do a thing. We called it stars and scars. And then you would, I would ask the people in the class, say, okay, draw a line. This line is the timeline of your life. Okay? And it up to today. And say, above the line, write down all those amazing positive experiences that you've had in your life. Below the line, write some of those really traumatic, difficult experiences that you've had. Because the stars and the scars work together to make you into who you are. And they all are part of it. I can tell you right now, there are stars and there are scars in my life that have been used by God in a redemptive way. Sometimes for me, sometimes for others in my life who needed to hear that, yeah, I've been there, and it really is hard. Let me tell you a couple things that got me through it, and let me tell you a couple things that didn't work when I was there. And so your stars and your scars become redemptive tools in God's hands, if you'll give it to him. That's part of your muchness. The last one I'm thinking of is your passions. What are you excited about? I mean, really. See, here's the thing. God created you in a way that you actually have desires. You have excitement, things that excite you. You, you have passions in your life that I think God gave you. Because he said, I want you to be excited about this because there's so much that you could do if you would just lean into it. God said, I, I made you the way you are with your gifts, with your passions, with your experience, with your personality, so that you could do something that only you could do. And by offering that to God, saying, I'm gonna, God, I'm going to do this because I, I receive it as a gift, then you begin to lean into your muchness. And you start really making a difference, even in just this community of people. You matter. Every single one of you are important and part of this community. We can't be this community without you here. That's bringing your muchness to the table because you make a difference. We could spend weeks just on this, and we won't. But let me sum it up in, in Psalm 139. The psalmist is talking. It says, I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Every person in this room is fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Don't let that just be a, oh, okay, fine, let's move on. You are truly a work of art. Don't miss that. Lean into that. Because that's, that's part of your muchness. All right. So we've got to root ourselves in God's love. We've got to figure out our muchness, discover those things that make us unique. Uh, 
But then last thing, this is the decision part, right? Dedicate that muchness to helping others experience God's love. It's one thing to really embrace God's love and then to sit in a nice little holy huddle and say, oh, doesn't God love us? Aren't we special? God loves us. And never share it with anyone else. Part of engaging God and saying, God, I want to be a difference. I want to actually help other people understand your love. I want to embody your love. If you want to honor God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, then you have to give yourself over to becoming the main thing that God made us to be, which is a representative of his love. We are an incarnation of God. We are an embodiment of God's love. We have our unique gifts. We have our unique abilities, both individually and corporately, right? Press is not like any other church because no other church has you in it. And so are we willing to accept this challenge of bringing our uniqueness to the world? And showing them in real, very plain ways what it means to be loved by God. Whether it's you know, you're, you're, the way you parent, the way you push a pencil at work, the way you teach, the way you go to school, the way you pick up garbage, the way you crunch the numbers, the way you work at the sales desk, All of those things are done with that overarching purpose of embodying God's love to the people right around you. What would your life look like if that truly was the sole focus of everything you tried to do? See, here's the thing, and this is where I think a lot of us have missed it at times. This life is not about living a more consistent Christian life, but it's about becoming more like Jesus. See, it's not about just being good, following the rules, doing the right things because I'm supposed to, showing up at the right times. It's about becoming more like Jesus. Because Jesus was God incarnate, and then he said, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die, I'm going to raise again, and then I'm going to ascend to heaven, and then I'm going to send the Spirit, because now I want you to embody the message of hope, the message of God's love to the world. And that's how we begin to honor God with our muchness, by embodying God's love to the people around us. In uh, Philippians 3, Paul is talking to the church there. And he tells him, he says, you know, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgetting all the junk that's going on around me, Forgetting the culture war, forgetting the news media, forgetting social media, forgetting what such and such said about such and such, forgetting all that, I strain towards one thing. Showing God's love to the world. Showing the world what God 
God's love looks like in real and practical ways. Paul finishes a couple of verses later. He says, Jesus, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Here's the thing. That starts now. That's not just, you know, pie in the sky stuff. That's not, oh yeah, when I die and all this. No, 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 no. That starts now. We are being transformed. Are you willing to lean into that and say, God, make me more like you. I'm going to bring to you a commitment that I know you love me and I will live as though you love me. I will step out in faith as though you're actually going to be there. You actually care about what happens to me next. I'm going to live that way. I'm committing myself to that. I'm going to give you all of my muchness. Anything in me that is unique, that is different, anything in me that intensifies your love so that the people around me can hear it and understand it and grasp it, I'm giving it to you today. I'm going to root myself in your love. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to make sure that I understand that, but I'm giving all of that right back, and I'm going to walk as though you love me. And I'm making that decision now. I will be your love incarnate in this world right now. That's what it is to honor God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your meod, your muchness. Now, the great thing is, Jesus gave us a, a wonderful example. And uh, we're, we're going to take communion here in just a minute. And if you didn't grab one on your way in, um, then I'm sure someone will help you uh, find some. Uh, they are just right there. And, and the cool thing is, Jesus said, listen, I, I, want you to, I want you to understand something. I want you to understand that I love you. I, I, I want you to understand that this is how I love. I give. And, um, hey, Keith, I, I didn't get one. I just realized there's none up here. I can't make fun of anyone now, right? Thank you, Bethany. Um, Jesus said, listen, I, I, I want you to know what it is to give yourself because I'm going to give myself for you. And it literally is going to cost me my life. And, and so... He said, I'm going to die. And my flesh is it's going to be broken. So on the night before all of this happens, he and the disciples are sitting around this table and they're, they're having the Passover meal, which is a very symbolic meal. The Jews had been doing it for a thousand years. And he took part of the meal and he said, I'm going to make this a little different. I'm going to add some meaning to it, some fulfillment to it. And he took a loaf of bread and he broke it. And he told him, he said, this is my body that's going to be broken for you. When we take this together, I want you to remember that this is what love incarnate looks like. A body broken for the sake of others. And so this morning, if you'll take the little wafer out, This is obviously a symbol. A symbol of Jesus' body broken for you.
broken to make us whole. And we take this together because it reminds us together we are the embodiment of God's love in the world today. So let's take this and remember. After that, Jesus took the glass of wine that was there. And it was a very symbolic cup. Everything about it had a bunch of meanings and importance in the way this meal was going. And, and Jesus said, I'm going to take this and I'm going to complete what all these symbols mean. Because I'm going to take it and I'm going to tell you that every time you drink this, I want you to remember that my blood is about to be shed so that you can be free. Because remember, the Passover meal was all about the Israelites being freed from slavery, redeemed from the Egyptians. And Jesus says, now as you take this, I want you to remember that you have been set free. And you are now free to embody this love to the people around you because you are forgiven. And so we take and we drink. Father God, thank you that you have called us, honestly, that you've called us not to just a, a half-hearted following of you. You don't want us to just um, show up and, and kind of look nice and then forget about everything at lunch this afternoon. That's not what you want. You want us to show up because we are driven to love you because we see how much you've loved us. And the kind of love that you showed us is not some passive, nice, pretty love. It was the gritty, sacrificial love that involved death and resurrection. And so God, as we try to understand and embrace this idea of, of honoring you with our everything, with our muchness, with everything that we bring to the table and the potential even after that. God, I, I pray that you would accept it from us because I know that you have given us nothing less. And God, I thank you for Jesus who redeemed us so that we could understand and pursue your love and share that with others. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing our, our last song, um, and, and maybe you're at a point where you're saying, I, I need to level up in a few places. I, I need to, to really give myself more. I want you to know there's, there's going to be people in the back if you want to pray with someone. Uh, Sean and I will be out at Press Connect after the service if you want to ask about any of those tools that I talked about, about what it means to... Uh, today's the day. Don't let today slip by just because you, oh yeah, I got stuff to do, things to think about. I don't want to dive into that yet. No, 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 no. Today's the day you said, I'm in. I want to give my muchness to you, God. Uh, would you stand and let's sing together this last song?